Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. This is the podcast for Multi-Faith Matters, and I am the host, John Moorhead, and I'm privileged today to have as my guest, Julie Xline. Julie, am I pronouncing that last name correctly? It seems yes, pretty, pretty straightforward. <laughs> um, let me read uh, a little bit of her bio. Julie is Professor of Psychology of Religion and Spirituality at the College of Arts and Sciences at Case Western Reserve University. Julie's broad research interests center on the psychology of religion and spirituality, with a special emphasis on two topics. Number one, religious and spiritual struggles. And number two, the causes and consequences of supernatural attribution, that is, supernatural explanations for events. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, John. It's my pleasure to be here. We're going to be talking today about a paper that I I stumbled upon, a little background for context for Julie and and perhaps for listeners uh, and viewers uh, I'm doing research, ongoing research for a co-authored volume on super, uh, satanic panics. And uh, one of the chapters is going to look at how uh, the new Christian right latched onto uh, the COVID-19 vaccines and uh, the whole spirituality and political aspects. And some saw it as demonic and a sign of end times and this type of thing. And I was speaking in another podcast with some other guests looking for somebody to address those kinds of topics. And they came across this uh, great article that uh, Julie and her colleagues wrote. It's got a long title, so bear with me, folks. The title of this uh, in the journal Religions is Demonic and Divine Attributions Around COVID-19 Vaccines, Links with Vaccine Attitudes and Behaviors, QAnon and Conspiracy Beliefs, Anger, Spiritual Struggles, Religious and Political Variables, and Supernatural and Apocalyptic Beliefs. I almost had to take a breath during the title, but there's, there's a lot but in there, and Julie wrote that with her colleagues, uh, Kathleen Pate, Joshua Wilt, and William A. Shutt. I hope, hope I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. They could not be with us, but uh, we're thankful to have Julie there, Julie here. So with all of that, um, I'm just fascinated by this topic. I, I must say, as someone who spent many years uh, studying academically the interactions between religion and pop culture, I did not see the reactions, religious and political to the COVID-19 pandemic and vaccines. So I guess my introductory question is, were you surprised by it? And what was it that led you and your colleagues to want to tackle this in this paper and this research? Yeah, this is a topic, this this broad topic of people uh, turning to God or the devil as explanations for events is something that we've been studying for a few years. Uh, And because I've been studying spiritual struggles For a long time, demonic struggles are some of the ones uh, that are of interest to us. So people feeling like the devil's attacking them, tempting them, you know, trying to pull them off the path. These are things I've been interested in in a long time, for a long time. So we saw an opportunity here because we're already interested in these questions of what would make somebody think that the devil's behind something, or especially maybe the actions of another person. And what might be 
some of the consequences of thinking that the devil is involved. And in the study that we did here, this is what we call a, a cross-sectional study, meaning it was just one survey given at one point in time. And so we can't tell exactly what's causing what, but we were just interested in taking a preliminary look at a bunch of different associations. We wanted to see what types of factors are associated with seeing the devil and also God as being behind these vaccines. Because like many other people I'm sure have seen all over the, the media, there, there were these conspiracy types of beliefs and a lot of just confusion and mistrust around what was going on with these vaccines. And in our environment of political polarization in our country right now, that's just so intense. The, the divisiveness uh, of attitudes around the, the vaccines right at the beginning was something that got us interested. And then especially some of the conspiracy things we were hearing made us think this would be a good chance to do a study on uh, the extent to which people might see the devil as being behind these vaccines and what that might associate with. So I know that's a long answer. I usually give fairly short answers and I usually have fairly short titles for my papers, but on this one, we were trying to pack in everything that we, everything from our data set that correlated with these attributions. No, that's fine. I think the title is great. It uh, lets folks know exactly what to expect as they, they look at it. Um, I must say I was pleasantly surprised to find a paper. Um, uh, and one of the things I'm interested in seeing in the future, just to put a bug in your ears, I, I wonder, many times you've got theologians who sometimes are looking at this critically, trying to explain what their own religious community, and then you've got the academic community doing theirs from a very different analytical framework. And I would love to see future research that combines those, that brings those together. So we understand the psychology that's influencing the theology. And that's kind of how I, a few years ago, through a couple of grants, um, brought social psychology into conversation with theological types of issues. Now, you discuss yeah. two hypotheses in your paper. You, they're called the supernatural worldview and God versus the devil. Can you unpack and describe what those are? Sure. Well, when we were trying to look at what these beliefs about uh, demonic and divine intervention with the vaccines, when we were trying to look at what they would relate to in terms of other variables like religious beliefs or vaccine attitudes, uh, on the one hand, you could say, well, divine, uh, divine and demonic beliefs are going to go together, right? People who are more uh, like conservative Christians in particular, and who are more devout are gonna report stronger belief in both God and the devil, and are gonna to tend to see God and the devil as both being active in the world. So on the one hand, you could expect that anything that correlates with uh, beliefs that the devil was behind the vaccine is gonna be picking up a lot of this general worldview that I believe in God, I believe in the Bible, I believe in the devil, I believe the devil's active and all of this. So you're gonna, you could easily see that believing that the devil influenced the vaccine goes along with a lot of other just kind of positive religious indicators, you know, feeling close to God, seeing God as powerful because it's all part of this often in, in our country, usually it's a Christian worldview. So that was, so when we were looking at our associations, we sometimes, it, we're expecting to see that and had to kind of tease that apart. And the other idea that the God versus devil hypothesis is that in certain types of analyses, when we're controlling for like belief in God and, and the devil, 
that there should get to be more of an opposite pattern where the things that go along with thinking that God influenced the vaccines should look like the opposite from the beliefs that the devil was influencing the vaccines. Because after all, it seems on the face of it, like, well, people who would think that God is behind the vaccines are going to have a very different viewpoint than those who think the devil is behind it. But because you've got this whole often Christian religious worldview that undergirds both of those and are going to affect the way that people answer those questions, we had to kind of make room for both of those in our study. And I'm assuming that uh, given that the Christian worldview of folks that they're often closely related. Uh, One of my criticisms many times of conservative Christians is it's almost dualistic. Um, You've got, in fact, many times the argument will be, well, if I can prove the existence of the devil, or I think the devil is there, well, naturally God must be there. Uh, Did you find a strong correlation between the two? Well, yeah, belief in God and belief in the devil usually are very strongly positively correlated. Um, And depending on the study, um, anywhere between like 85 and 90% or so of people in the U.S. are reporting belief in God and maybe 80% believe in the devil. So they do, these beliefs do definitely tend to go together. In your study, you had, uh, as you looked at these supernatural attributions in relation to COVID vaccines, you had a number of variables that you discuss in your journal article. What are some of those variables? Sure. Well, in this one, like I said, we really had a boatload. We threw right. in everything to the kitchen sink. So I'm just going to try to try to get a few highlights sure. here. Yeah. So I think some of the key findings from this article are that these uh, beliefs that God influenced the vaccine were certainly much more prevalent than a belief that the devil was causing or influencing it. So even in this sample that had a you know a lot of Christians in it, a lot of conservative Christians people were still more likely to see God behind it than the devil. And I'm going to talk more about the devil findings here than the God findings, uh, because I don't, I just don't want to get into too much nuance with the data. We were more interested in the devil question here. So people who thought that the devil might've been involved by influencing people to create the vaccines or, or get the vaccines, those types of beliefs were associated really strongly with um, belief in the devil, seeing the devil is very powerful and active in the world, but, but also seeing God that way. But they were really associated with, you know, very much with your attitudes about the vaccine. So people who saw the devil as being more behind the vaccine were more likely to hold, you know, really negative attitudes about the vaccine, see it as being more dangerous than getting the virus, seeing it as being a sign of weakness to get it, not getting vaccinated, not getting children vaccinated. And uh, generally on these sliders that we had of kind of positive and negative vaccine attitudes. So it was really something that was very active for people who, uh, people who didn't, among people who saw the devil as being really active in these vaccines, there was a lot more negative sentiment around the vaccine and less vaccine uh, behavior, you know, less likely to get yourself or your child vaccinated. And that's not surprising, but we just wanted to document it because there hadn't really been studies out there looking specifically at this demonic angle. And we also found that people who believed that the vaccines were demonically influenced had more spiritual struggles 
around COVID in general. So more struggles with God, more struggles with uh, religious communities, more struggles with the devil. The thing that I think is, is the most, uh, that came out the most clearly though, was the connection between these demonic vaccine beliefs and conspiracy related beliefs. And I mean, con cons when I talk about conspiracy thinking, I mean this idea that uh, there's a, there are powerful groups of others out there who are controlling the world behind the scenes. So I'm talking about it in that broad sense. So people who believe that the, the devil was behind the vaccines were much more likely to report this sort of general mistrust of what's going on out there, you know, in the bigger picture and a belief that there are powerful, secretive, malevolent uh, groups that are behind things and that are tinkering behind the scenes. Also more specific beliefs about conspiracies about the pandemic itself. And I realized that not everybody uh, watching or, or listening might see these as conspiracy beliefs. This is how they were lumped together in some of the measures, but beliefs that the, that the vaccine was a hoax, for example. Uh, those types of beliefs also went along with this demonic type of thinking. And there were other things too, but those were some of the biggies. It, QAnon, the QAnon conspiracy uh, is one that involves a belief that there's a, a cabal of Satan worshiping pedophiles that are operating things <laughs> and that there's a, a, gonna be a need for uh, an uprising, you know, kind of a storm to restore our, our democracy and our safety. Those beliefs were very strongly associated with these demonic attributions around the vaccine. And on the one hand, it's not really surprising because the idea of the devil and the Satan worship is part of the QAnon beliefs, but the, the demonic vaccine beliefs correlated with all of the, all of the QAnon related questions, not just the one about the devil. So I think what we see with these demonic vaccine attributions is like with other demonic attributions, people will turn to these when they're feeling mistrust of, it could be their own impulses, you know, I'm, I'm being tempted to drink and it must be the devil or the, the mistrust of other people's intentions and actions. And if other people are doing things that you disagree with morally, saying that they're following the devil is a way that we can kind of make sense of it and it can help us make decisions. But it can also be associated with negative attitudes toward these other people or groups. So we found that also, I'm just remembering things, sorry, John, as we're talking, these beliefs that the uh, vaccine was demonically influenced were also associated with more, uh, more anger toward people and groups who were seen as pro-vaccine and also with greater tendencies to see one's political opponents as enemies and as evil. So I think this, this process of demonizing when we apply it to other people is something that can be really risky socially because it really might feed into this idea of seeing other people as enemies. It could be both a reflection but maybe also add fuel to the fire for those types of uh, perceptions. Yeah, as I listen to you uh, share these things, it's interesting how this dovetails. I had uh, Kurt Gray on, a social psychologist who talks about harm-based morality. And as I kind of look at this and do some of this backer, uh, background research for the book, it, it seems to me that 
there's a segment of American society, these conservative Christians who see uh, political liberals, members of other religious traditions as causing moral harm, not only to them, their, their supposed loss of freedoms to practice their religion, but also political harm to the nation. And that reinforces their anger and this type of thing. And it's interesting you mentioned QAnon. As far as I know, in looking at QAnon myself, QAnon never specifically spoke to the, the vaccines in issuing anything. Was it kind of a general, because they were, they were influenced by QAnon, they were more likely to draw upon conspiracy understandings of the vaccine? I don't, I don't want to go too far beyond right. our, our data oh, here. Right, right, right. But what I'm thinking is that these ideas about QAnon and about people, especially people on the left, basically following Satan, uh, that leaders on the left were following Satan, it would, it would naturally lend itself to, oh, so then the devil is behind this plot to get us all to take these vaccines. But I'm speculating there in terms of the, right. the order of events. People might have already had some of these QAnon uh, ideas that they've been exposed to in different places and maybe found persuasive. And the demonic vaccine beliefs would just kind of fit, fit right in there as, as part of that package of trying to explain things. Now, your paper also mentions apocalyptic beliefs. And I've seen some folks uh, attribute uh, the, the vaccines to having, you know, it's a fulfillment of the mark of the beast and this kind of a thing. Was that a significant factor as well? Did it kind of dovetail with conspiracy thinking? Yeah, and sorry about this. I because we had so many findings, and I yeah, don't want to no, talk for ten minutes. I, I I cut a little bit of this off. Um, but yes, there was a specific item on this uh, public religion research institute uh, set of items that got at the idea of the vaccine um, involving the uh, the mark of the beast and being a sign of biblical prophecy. That this was like you know getting like getting the vaccine would be like getting the mark of the beast. So. For people who hold uh, these strong uh, end times types of beliefs, maybe thinking about the rapture, uh, maybe thinking about the threat of being left behind or you know, go going to the enemy's side, this could really be a scary thing. And yes, that, that item on the mark of the beast correlated really highly with the other conspiracy items, including the QAnon ones, and they correlated extremely highly with our uh, our demonic vaccine item that might have been, you know, one of the very highest associations uh, in the whole data set. And, and in terms of the the other beliefs about hell and the afterlife, people who believed more strongly in these demonic vaccine attributions tended to not only believe more strongly in in heaven and in hell, but I think very importantly to think that more people are going to hell, you know, with I remember I was personally raised in a fundamentalist congregation with the idea of hell being the default, that that's where you're going if you're not born again. So we're definitely seeing more endorsement of those ideas with the, the demonic vaccine attributions, along with the idea of life really being about a, a cosmic battle between good and evil. Those ideas, uh, not surprisingly, go along with the demonic beliefs. So you've got this kind of embattled worldview sometimes and, and a threatened one. You know, people are going to hell. Our beliefs are a safe haven against us and other people we care about going to hell. The devil is our enemy who's trying to get everybody in hell and keep everybody out from heaven. So we've got to be vigilant for this enemy. We don't trust what's going on in on the 
on the left or with these other groups, you know, whether even maybe within Christianity, we don't trust them. Uh, and so we're, we're wanting to really have our, our boundaries up to protect ourselves, to make sure that, that we don't get sucked into something that might be really a sign of rebellion against God or taking the mark of the beast. I mean, that's pretty, pretty serious stuff. I know, you know, as I was raised, I would have been terrified if I had heard something like that. Is this the mark of the beast? Am I not, am I going to be left behind if I take this? That's pretty, that's going to add some fuel to the fire beyond just, oh, I disagree with these people. So I think they're being evil. You know, this, that really takes it to another whole level. Yeah, that, that is scary stuff. My wife was also raised in a very conservative, if not fundamentalist Baptist group growing up. And she remembers as a child watching films with the congregation, uh, which dramatized their understanding of Revelation and end times. And, and it still haunts her to this day. And uh, even though she's not in that, you know, religious place anymore, and I've found materials online that there was a whole generation of people who were similarly traumatized. So I can see the potency of this, these kinds of ideas. And then when they come together with other ideas, uh, it can be a very strong set of, of motivators for, for belief and practice and these kinds of things. Can you talk a little bit about um, the, the, the profiles and the kinds of, of people who would tended to hold these uh, demonic kinds of beliefs? Were they more Christian? Do you have an idea of where they were coming from in terms of their background? Sure. I think people who were, um, you know, Christian as, as opposed to other traditions, more conservative, stronger belief in God and the devil, but also stronger belief that, uh, that God and the devil are active in the world, that they're not just kind of sitting back or they're not these impersonal forces. Uh, also, so, so it's, it's really people who hold these beliefs very strongly, uh, but who also hold those background beliefs about the, you know, the life is a cosmic battle and, and people are going to hell. Uh, and there were also, we didn't look very much at personality variables because we had so much jammed into this study, but people who were um, a little bit less agreeable, meaning a little less trusting of other people, that's one facet of agreeableness, because this idea of mistrust often goes along with demonic types of beliefs. And also we had uh, a set of variables I haven't talked about that are related to conservative Christianity often, but they're not equivalent. So people were more likely to have both divine and demonic attributions about the vaccines. If they were stronger in uh, Christian nationalism, uh, authoritarian types of thinking, uh, had more traditional views of masculinity and endorsed more fundamentalist beliefs. So more beliefs in things like uh, the inerrancy of the sacred text, which was usually mm -hmm. the Bible. So I, I guess what I would see about, if I had to try to envision a person who would very strongly make these vaccine attributions, it would be a person who held those types of religious beliefs combined with being politically conservative and watching a lot of conservative news media. So we did find you know, people who watched Fox News more than watching other sources. It wasn't a huge effect, but there was a difference. People who were more likely to have voted uh, 
for Donald Trump for president, and we're more likely to say they would do so again. These, these weren't the strongest associations. The religious beliefs and the, the beliefs specifically about God and the devil and people are going to hell and it's a battle, those were, those were much stronger than just being a, like a political conservative. But all of those things kind of tied together. And then if you also have a person who is less trusting of others on top of that, uh, that's going to be a, a person who's going to be more likely to see the devil acting behind these vaccines, especially if whatever their media sources, social media sources, uh, th th whatever sources they trust have been, have been uh, promoting ideas, suggesting conspiracy around the vaccines. You know, they're going to be likely to trust these sources. These are my safe sources in this dangerous world. These, this is who I'm going to trust. Yeah, it was interesting. I last night I happened to catch a, a podcast that had uh, interesting a couple of comedians that aren't really usually well known for deep thought, but uh, somehow they stumbled onto uh, an individual that was in the production crew as they were recording, who happened to hold to a couple of, of different conspiracy theories. One, he was a flat earther. And also he uh, believed that the U.S. government was behind the bombings of 9-11 and the Twin Towers. And the comedian stopped and he said, you know, those seem like completely unrelated things. But in his understanding, mistrust of the government was at the heart or authority figures or related to the government was at the heart of it. So it's fascinating how mistrust um, leads to the adoption of seemingly diverse, very different kinds of, of conspiracy theories. So it sounds like this mistrust thing was a significant part of your finding. Is that correct? Yes. And, and these different types of, um, you could call them conspiracy beliefs or mistrust beliefs, sure. if you don't want to yeah. you know, label them as conspiracies. But the, the belief that the election was stolen from Donald Trump, the belief that the vaccine was a uh, hoax, the, the belief that um, the belief that we have to that there's this cabal behind everything, and that there's that we need to uh, we need to work against it all, and this more more trait based measure, more personality based measure of conspiracy beliefs in general. That I generally believe that there's this uh, this group of people out there who are who are pulling the strings, and it's not good, you know, and it's a secret. All of those beliefs tend to correlate with each other very strongly. And I think as you're saying, John, this, I'm no expert on conspiracy beliefs. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm more about spiritual struggles and the supernatural beliefs, but these things do tend to correlate together. And I think the idea of mistrust is, is a helpful thing to look at because I don't think it's at all appropriate for me or others to come in and say, these beliefs are right. These are wrong. You know, you're stupid for believing this. You're misguided. I'm just saying that these are beliefs that if you aren't sure who you can trust, what, you know, the narratives that are coming through the media, through the government, through people that you disagree with, it, there's so much information coming in. People are trying to make sense of it. And there's certainly, in any human system, there are, there's going to be corruption. There's going to be sin. There's, there's, there's going to be lots of reasons to not trust everyone. So I think that it's understandable that People don't fully trust the government, the media, uh, leaders. And, and this is just kind of one, one manifestation of that. But unfortunately, with some of the conspiracy beliefs, because they can tend to 
lead people into this more militaristic direction that we need to go and take back the power, uh, that, that's where I think it can really get dangerous. That's, you know, that's why like a, a QAnon belief is so much more dangerous than a flat earth belief. Flat earth belief is like, I don't trust what I've been told about uh, how creation happened. And uh, that's, you know, that's just a, a set of beliefs that some people hold. A lot of people would disagree, but there you go. That's not going to lead somebody to uh, join with a group of other people with, you know, guns, weapons, whatever, and try to advocate a, some type of attack on others, whether it's government people or people who they disagree with or whatever. So these, these beliefs can become dangerous because people see themselves as being under threat. So they're looking, they're, they're automatically gonna be on the defensive and how can I defend against these people and the devils behind them, these people who are against me. So you might start stockpiling weapons or something. Um, and it's certainly gonna make it much harder in your relationships to maintain friendships, good family relationships, good neighbor relationships with people who you see on the other side of this divide. So I personally just see it as so as such a, a tragic thing, the way that these demonic beliefs can get pulled in. It's just something that humans do. We want to make it easier with good and evil and you know, kind of make things simpler to understand and to, to know which side is right and wrong. But when this gets wrapped up with our natural tendencies to, to think about who's in and who's out. And if the people who disagree with you are, are following the devil, that can justify all kinds of negative attitudes, prejudice, even you know, trying to kill people. So it's, that's what has me really, really scared about these things is not so much just the demonic beliefs, but the way that they can cause us to, to other people you know, to othering, I'm using it as a verb, right. cause us to push people further away and to maybe even feel like they should be, uh, whatever, imprisoned, killed. We've got to get them out of here. And, and this is where some of the purity thinking that often comes in around religions of any type, especially in their more conservative forms, but it's a, it's a tendency that comes in with religion. Who's my group? What are the rules? Who's in, who's out? And people can get so focused on those things that it can really start to override, um, again, looking at Christianity, the, the directives to, to love others and to, and to have these connections with others. These, these fear-based beliefs just cause us to kind of, you know, withdraw and retreat and maybe, uh, and maybe come out aggressively. And it, that's what scares me. Yeah, I appreciate <clears throat> some of the cautionary remarks that you made there. I think there is a tendency for those who have concerns and are troubled by some of this and by the conspiracy thinking and so on, when we see them othering based upon these de demonic attributions, I think without any times realizing it, we can then other them <clears throat> and see them, you know, they're harmful. We need to shut them down. Uh, don't give them platforms, don't listen to them. It, and, and in my experience, I don't think that works. I think what that does is causes people to kind of double down and it reinforces that the kind of thinking that we see. Because we're getting that reaction, they must be a part of the demonic uh, influence and conspiracy. So would you have any thoughts 
uh, about how this kind of research that you're doing can help us. We, I think we have to understand what's going on, this dynamic, not just try and shut people down, but what are the, the reasons why? What are the factors that are involved? Uh, how can we understand better? And would you have any suggestions on how this kind of research can be helpful and used to, to create a better society so that people aren't othering and aren't tapping into this? I know it's a huge question for you there, but any thoughts you might have? Well, I mean, I, I know that um, this, this podcast, uh, that a lot of the, the people who are listening or watching are coming from the Christian tradition. So I would say anytime we're looking for a solution to a problem, the, the top solution should be something that's centered in divine love. So to the extent that uh, love causes people to have respect for others, maybe not agree with their opinions, but to have respect for others, to be willing to listen, to care for others, to not wanna do harm for, to others. These types of foundations can help us to just give people a chance to be heard, even if it's just in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody who disagrees with you about uh, COVID policies or politics or something like that, just to be able to listen respectfully and maybe state areas of disagreement or not, but just view that person as a human being. Because this tendency that you mentioned, John, of, of, of just us versus them is a, a strong tendency that human beings have, right? This is just something that makes life easier for us. It helps us sometimes to keep our communities safe by looking at outsiders. But I think you can be aware that somebody really disagrees with you, but to be able to see them as a person, again, going with a Christian framework, somebody created in God's image who God loves dearly. If God doesn't hate this person, if God's not going around raging at this person, then what makes me think that I have a right to do that? Is that what divine love would be calling me to? So I would say that a belief, you could even have a belief in uh, the devil or in supernatural evil. But I think to the extent that we're able to see it as, okay, if the devil is out there and active in the world, the devil is active in everyone's life and trying to get at everyone. There's moment by moment decisions that we have in daily life where we could choose to follow the way of love and the way of life as we understand it, or we can choose through pride or fear or whatever it is to just uh, withdraw. And I think that it's understandable. We get scared and that we wanna retreat and retraw, withdraw and defend ourselves. So it's not about going out and being blind and saying, oh, I just believe everything that everybody's telling me and we're all, we're all saying the same thing. It's more about being able to look at individuals with love and be able to cultivate that loving attitude. And then uh, again, from a Christian framework, just praying for discernment about the many sources of information that we hear and acknowledging that you know, none of us have it all right. You know, we're, we're seeing through a, a glass darkly, right? We don't have all the right information because it's so easy just to feel better by 
taking pride that we've got the answer and the person who believes differently uh, is misguided or bad or an idiot or worse. It's so easy to do that. We're, we're, you know, we get revved up about these things. I get very angry a lot of the time. And it's just being able to kind of dial it down and, and not react to other people, especially when, we, when we're in that initial anger, because we're just going around, there's so much wounding right now with the, the political divisions uh, and the worldview differences and the way that those are playing out in our society today. If we were to see some of these demonic vaccine beliefs as being kind of a, of a reflection of where we are in our society and the, the amount of division that exists here and the mistrust, just trying to be open to the other in a way while you're still respecting yourself, I think is the way that we can understand these differences better without having to go down that path of demonizing other people. I appreciate your tapping into your past and contextualizing your response for this audience. I, I think they will be able to hear that and benefit from that. Your, your paper is extensive. Is this, there, there's a lot, not only in the paper, but in the topic itself, is this part of an ongoing area of interest and in research for you? Do you have other projects similar to this? Uh, so my, my wonderful colleague, uh, Ken Pargaman and I uh, just published our book on uh, working with spiritual struggles. It's targeted for more of a psychotherapy audience, but it's a, a very broad overview of the topic of spiritual struggles. So the idea of people uh, getting angry at God, feeling punished by God, uh, worrying about the devil, having issues with, with religious people or organized religion, all kinds of different struggles. This is something I've, these are things I've been working on for the past couple of decades. So we've got lots of papers and articles out there on these types of points. Uh, we also have a paper out there on spiritual struggles around the 2016 and 2020 elections. So the political stuff and the social issues, these are areas that we're just starting to apply the spiritual struggles ideas to. But the spiritual struggles ideas and the ones about what makes people think that God or the devil is involved, these supernatural attributions are things that we've looked at more. Uh, and my own, as you were mentioning earlier in the in the podcast, uh, John, my it's it's very clear to me that in my own case, the big impetus for my getting into studying spiritual struggles has been the the many uh, wounds and the, I would say to some extent religious trauma that I grew up with, but still being a person of faith and trying to find my place with all of this, wrestling with it. Uh, working in a very diverse environment and wanting to help people who are having similar struggles. Because regardless of whether people are currently religious or spiritual or not, uh, about studies we've done look at about 70% of the US population endorse some level of spiritual struggle on the, on the measure that we have of this. So these, those themes are very near and dear to my heart and I'm excited to start applying them to some of these social issues topics, but I'm new to those. And I, I just wouldn't want anybody to think that I'm any kind of an expert on, uh, on vaccines or conspiracy theories or any of these political topics. I'm excited about them, but spiritual struggles are my, that's my, more my home base. Well, it sounds like uh, your book topic and the research that you do and couldn't be more timely and needed uh, for folks today. 
and I will include uh, again a link to that paper and how folks can get in touch with you as well. Uh, is there anything else about that research paper that you want to bring out? Uh, did, am I missing a bullet point or something like that before we close? No, I, I appreciate your patience while I had to describe so many findings. <laughs> usually, with the, usually with the paper, we'll try to have a few key findings that we can easily talk about. Uh, but with this one, I basically had an opportunity to get a paper out there quickly. So we just tried to, to uh, do a very wide sweep uh, with looking at a lot of things in one paper. So I appreciate your patience as I went, went through all of that. And I'm sure there's more stuff in there, but I think that we really hit the highlights here. Great. Yeah, it was, I must say that your paper was a challenge as a host to try and draw out. It was, there were so many variables, you know, I, I know. I, I'm pleased that you were able to hit some of the highlights. That was kind of a big question for you there, but uh, sure. I, I would uh, hope folks will pursue this paper. Um, I found it fascinating. I think it's a timely topic. And uh, Julie, I'm just so pleased that you were able to carve out the time and come on the podcast. Great. Thank you so much, John. It's really been my pleasure. This is, again, this is the podcast from Multi-Faith Matters. My guest has been Julie Xline. Look at the podcast notes uh, for that paper and for her website. She can track down more of her work that is certainly worth seeking out. Uh, I want to thank the audience for whether you're watching or listening. And until the next episode.